Hi, this is Liz Mumper. Welcome to another edition of Kids Corner with Dr. Liz. Today, I want to talk to you about fever. Fever is your friend. Fever is a message, signal from your immune system that something has dysregulated your child's body temperature. This could be something as simple as staying too long outside in the sun with not enough fluids, or God forbid, being locked in a hot car, or it can be from a fever due to a virus or an infection that's bacterial. The big difference here, viruses don't require antibiotics and don't respond to them. Bacterial infections, things like strep throat, some causes of pneumonia, some types of ear infections would require antibiotics. But even for ear infections, the vast majority are viruses. So a fever is defined as a temporary rise in body temperature. You may have heard that 98.6 is the normal body temperature. That's an average body temperature of most people. But it may be that your child runs a little cooler or a little hotter. So you may want to take your child's temperature to determine what is normal for them. A fever usually goes away in a few days, but occasionally it will persist. And I want to give you some guidelines about when to take your child to seek medical care. Fevers are not serious when the child is active, alert, playful, and able to function well. But they are concerning in young babies, especially under the age of two to three months. At that age, your baby has not developed a robust immune system, and they are still very much dependent on the mother's immune system. So in babies under two months of age who have fevers that are more than 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit by rectum, we would typically want to see those children within about 24 hours to make sure that they don't have a bacterial infection that might need more aggressive treatment. And in fact, even if we suspect a viral illness, if the child is younger than six to eight weeks, we will often cover them with antibiotics in the first place while their cultures come back to prove that it was a virus after all. And that is because the bacterial infections can get very serious very quickly in that age range. Fevers usually go away within a couple of days. And if they're low grade, 100, 100.5, 101, I typically do not treat them. I don't want to use medicines that have potential side effects that interfere with mother nature's wisdom and with the inherent capabilities of the child's immune system. Depending on what's causing the fever, your child might show a number of different associated symptoms. Just having a fever itself may cause them to have chills or shakes or to sweat a lot. They may be breathing rapidly, and the rapid respirations can be just from the fever itself, which is one of the reasons that they need more fluids when they have fevers because they're breathing out some fluid. Or it may be due to something like a pneumonia that they would need to be treated for. So as time goes on, if the child develops a cough or congestion, you may need to seek treatment for that. Headaches and muscle aches are very common signs of viruses and other flu-like illnesses. And they typically will respond well to treatment with some acetaminophen or ibuprofen. If your child has dry lips or a sticky tongue or is very irritable, I would call your healthcare provider because those symptoms can mean that they need some kind of treatment and you should seek some help for that. Basically, you can take temperatures in a number of ways. You can do an oral 
temperature under the tongue. I actually prefer rectal temperatures in babies, which give me a good core temperature. There are a couple of things on the market now where you can take temperature over the temporal artery, which are the forehead thermometers. And there are also ear thermometers, which are called tympanic membrane thermometers. Now, the last two aren't as accurate, but they are more convenient and easier to do. And I'm not that worried about whether the child's temperature is 103.2 or 103.4 or 103.6. I'm more concerned about what other symptoms the child has and how interactive they are or if they're irritable or showing signs of dehydration or especially if they have any kind of change in their mental status. In those cases, I would want to examine them and put the whole picture together. So if your baby's younger than three months old and has a temperature of 100.4 or higher, you want to err on the side of calling your provider, and I would want to see those babies. Between three and six months old, if the temperature is 102 or more, or your child has a lower temperature but seems sluggish, or you can't get them to interact with you or make good eye contact, you may want to call your provider. By the time your baby's six or eight months old, most parents have gotten more comfortable with handling fevers at home, knowing that much of the time they will be transient. But depending on if the symptoms last more than three or four days, or if you can't figure out what might be causing it, you may need to call your doctor and arrange for an appointment. Now, I definitely want you to seek medical care if your child is listless or has trouble making eye contact or seems confused with any kind of change in mental status. If they vomit repeatedly and start having dry lips and a dry tongue, those are signs of dehydration and potentially serious illness for which they would need to be evaluated. If your child has a fever that lasts longer than three to five days and you can't figure out what's causing it, that would be a good time to call. Another time to call would be if your child has a febrile seizure. This means a seizure that's brought on, usually by a rapidly increasing fever before you may even know that your child is getting sick. This can be very, very scary for parents. It's horrific to watch your child have a seizure, but fortunately, they usually don't have any long-term consequences. But if the fever lasts more than about five minutes, you may need to call 911. If your child has a fever after being left in a hot car, you want to call because you may need to take the child in to have procedures like some cooling blankets or some special measures to bring those fevers down. That can be a very serious situation. So please don't be tempted to leave your babies or children in the car when you run errands. And then the last thing I want to mention is that all the things I've told you about how to follow fever at home, that kind of goes out the window if your child has an immunosuppressive illness or your child is getting chemotherapy for cancer. In those situations, your child may have a low white blood cell count or other immune problem that would make it harder for them to handle an infection. And fever may be one of the main signs that you use to get the child the help that he or she needs. So they may, in many cases, need antibiotics because of their immune status. Now, many parents think fevers are very scary 
But I hope that our discussion today has helped you feel more comfortable with fevers and more empowered to take care of them on your own. Because fevers will happen a lot in childhood. Childhood's really a journey through infectious diseases. And with each viral or bacterial infection your child handles, your child will develop changes in their immune system that prepares them better for the next infection. Now, I want to return to the idea that childhood is also a journey through playing in the dirt and making mud pies. And we actually want your child to be exposed to nature. We know that children who are raised in overly sterilized apartments and never get to play in the dirt are much more likely to have allergies and autoimmune disease than children who are raised on farms and feed the chickens and play in the dirt. And that brings me to my big suggestion of the day, which is that I would like you to consider doing a garden with your child. Children will often eat vegetables that they grow themselves in their garden that they would never touch if they came from the store. More importantly, by digging in the dirt and planting the seed and seeing the sprout come up and then seeing the actual vegetable come out of the plant, that teaches your child a lot about the cycle of life. And it's a fun family activity that's good for everybody. So my thought for the day is to think about planting a garden with your child. This is Dr. Liz with Kids Corner, finishing up a discussion about fever in children. I will see you next time. Thanks.